also a second to count here. Matt came in last or not last year. We're going to call it last year. Moving yeah. forward. <laughs> came in last year. They won. Western said, bet, tore up that whole field. They never lost on that field. Never lost on the field. So that's actually so funny. They, oh my God. Mac, Mac, Mac is the last team. They won on that field. I said, nah, we're not doing this anymore. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. Football's back, baby! We're back! We are back. Those were the beautiful vocal tones of Mr. Dakota Vine. I'm Zachary Betashamai joining you as always. We are coming at you today with our way too early OUA prediction podcast. Um, you know, it's been a while since we've been talking about OUA. Specifically, we did so much with the the talk and a lot of our Life After Football series, um, but we're right back now in the thick of it. Dakota, I'm going to hand it over to you to do the breakdown of how this season is going to be a little different from OUA seasons in the past. Yeah, just a little bit different. I mean, <laughs> all due respect to every team, but it seems like they took all the really good teams and put them all into one uh, conference and then all the teams and put them into another conference. But, I mean... Who really knows? It's been a year and a half without football. But what I mean by that is we have our Western Conference. I don't know if they're going to call it Western Conference, but Western Conference, which has no shock Western, <laughs> uh, Windsor, Guelph, Waterloo, Laurier, and Mac. And then you got your Eastern Conference, which is Carlton, Ottawa, Queens, York, and UFT. Um, so obviously there's going to be limited cross-conference play. I mean, I think... You know, they like, oh, if you travel more than 100 kilometers, you're more likely to get coronavirus, which is nonsense. I mean, I don't see how that makes logical sense, but they're trying to limit the uh, cross-provincial play as much as they can until, you know, vaccines roll out even more. I'm double-dose, so what's their excuse? Um, (laughs) But that doesn't mean that, you know, some teams aren't going to be making that long, horrible trip to Windsor and probably that long, horrible trip to Ottawa. But, you know, we'll get into the schedule in a little bit. Yeah, so Dakota hit it on the head. Pretty much it's everything east of Toronto, including Toronto, the two schools in Toronto. That's in our east division. Everything to the west, that's in our western division. Six games. And as uh, if you haven't gone through the schedule, uh, what we'll quickly jump out is we are getting rematches within the schedule itself, which uh, is going to be a very fascinating component to this. It makes me wonder, like, does it water down something like Panda or Battle of Waterloo, or does it amplify it? The fact that, you know, in other years, when you get this one-time matchup and it's the only time you might see these teams, because unfortunately in the past few years, we haven't got, say, a playoff matchup between a Carlton and Ottawa or a Laurier and a Waterloo. In, in your estimations, do you think the idea of these two teams matching up or in, in any combination, like it could be a Guelph-Western, a matchup a Queens-Western, any of these great matchups we like to see that we normally only get one of, does two in a season water it down at all or does it make it more intense i mean i think it really depends on which game we're talking about so for me the panda uh is it's not less significant this year but the issue i have with it is that so that i think this is confirmed but the ottawa ggs are going to be playing their games that td plays yeah that's what it looks like so, on the schedule so yeah. there's the panda at td plays and then there's carlton versus ottawa at TD place. Yeah. So like that, if it was like just regular at GG's, like, I don't know where Ottawa plays or, you know, uh, wherever Carlton plays, um, then maybe you'd feel a little different, but if both games are at, at TD, it, it kind of, for me, at least it's the only difference is obviously the crowd and 
what's the crowd really going to be like this year? Um, for games, like if it was just, you know, Mac Western, let me see that as many times, hit replay on that as many times as we can. But for things like, I think the Battle of Waterloo even might be less significant because it's two times now and it's not, okay, we have bragging rights this year. What if it goes one and one? Then we're, we're both good. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I wish I was kind of just like a one one game situation. No, for sure. And and who knows how it'll play out. And it'll be fun to discuss how we feel about it in the moment. And of course, Toronto and York, another uh, matchup that uh, we normally only get one of and talking about teams that never play each other in the playoffs. I'm not going to bother looking through the history books to uh, to tell you all, at least in the last in our living lives, perhaps we haven't had this as a playoff matchup. Um, so we're not going to go through every single prediction, probably possibly before you're hearing this, you'll see the post Dakota is going to put up on uh, our socials that'll have all our way too early picks. So you can scroll through them. So we're pretty much just going to go through week by week, looking at our games of the week and uh, just talking about maybe a few other little pointers uh, of interest for this upcoming season with still you know very little information as to uh, how these rosters are going to fill out uh, but I think that's part of the interest for right now is looking at some of the question marks uh, with some of these teams so with that being said let's start week one uh, Dakota I believe we were in sync on this one uh, so I'll hand it over to you game of the week week one what are you liking I mean game of the week week one 1 p.m. first game of the season Yates Cup rematch. Now, sorry, uh, real obviously. quick. Did you look at the schedule just now and see it was at 1 p.m.? Or are you just like, you know it's an OUA matchup. It's at 1 p.m.? <laughs> uh, I am looking at the schedule right now. Um, but I will, I will, you know, whoever is in charge of the schedule obviously heard me ragging on them a lot because there are a lot of different times for games. We can get into that. But I yeah, mean, this, we'll say that. There, there's three at one, one at three, and one at six, which is pretty close to us saying, like, put two at one two at four, two at seven. So, I mean, they're not all at the same time. It's looking a little more like an NFL type day schedule. Now, that's, I, you, I, you have perhaps the actual schedule in front of you, so we can perhaps confirm that as we go through week by week. I feel like in the first week of the season, it's even in other years, we're more prone to seeing a bit of that variety because if when school hasn't started just yet, they can uh, diversify it a little bit. So as we go through, because I don't have the actual OUA really scheduled with times, I'll be interested to see if that holds up. But very much uh, in alignment with, uh, I mean, I was there, if not screaming as loud from the rooftops as you, I was there at least cheering you on as you were, you know, calling out whoever it was making the schedule to do a better job. But yes, week one, Mac Western, 1 p.m. Uh, the rematch of the last dates we had going back to 2019. Um, who do you like in this game? Looking at it way too far ahead of time. I mean, I like, I like Western. Uh, and I say that because one, I went there. Two, you currently go there. I so, do. Um, Sorry. And three, I'm just I'm just very intrigued to see. They're probably the only school that is coming into the season with a question mark at quarterback that I'm excited about. Um, you know, Greg Marshall has a, a proven winning record. Um, who knows who's going to get the ball first? My prediction is Jackson White. Um, and you know, he's a little more mobile than people might remember. He hasn't really, you know, seen the field since 2018. So I could also be wrong on that, but he's a little more mobile than people remember, which kind of fits in right with, you know, the ground and pound game that is Western, you know, obviously Chris Merchant there, he, he still lights people up through the air, but Western's bread and butter is putting the ball in someone's hands and running behind those six foot seven O linemen. 
So yeah, I got Western winning this. And I think also mainly a big chunk of that is it's in London. It's on that brand new, brand new field that they're going to premiere. Zach, you got to go to this game if I can't make it. Oh, brother, I'm um, already there. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think. I think. I think Western is not going to start off a new field with a loss, unlike, uh, unlike what Queens did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I like the pick. I like what you say about Western as one of the teams with a question mark at QB, and having the most faith in them, and that's that kind of institutional faith that Western absolutely deserves. Um, a little more background on Jackson White for those who who might not remember, because as as Dakota, as you mentioned, we haven't really seen him in action since 2018 when he was on McMaster, and they were kind of platooning him and Duick that year. Towards the end of the year, Duick won out and rode out into the playoffs with them. They had a nice little run that year. And then uh, Jackson transferred to Western and then was behind Merchant, sat out, and all that kind of jazz. So poised to take it. Uh, of course, another part of the QB question there, just to give a shout-out to a friend of the show, Evan Hillock, one of the top recruit Q- QBs for the the season we thought we were getting in 2020. How has he dealt with the extra year of prep going into his first year? What's that going to be like in that QB room with that competition? Um, so I, I'm a, in agreement as far as QB questions I have in the – in the league this year that, that I think they'll figure it out in the best way possible. I am taking Mac because, you know, I think that uh, they're the team that I trust the most toss between them and Waterloo with how their offense and their whole team's constructed. Um, but yeah, same pick for me, game of the week, Mac Western. I mean, you never go wrong with that matchup. I mean, also let's, let's take into account here. Um, you know, Jackson White facing his old school, assuming it's Jackson White starting. True. Also, let's take into account here, Matt came in last – or not last year. We're going to call it last year moving yeah. forward. Came in last year. They won. Western said, bet, tore up that whole field. They never lost on that field. Never lost on the field. So That's actually so funny. They, oh, my God. Matt, Matt, Matt is the last team. They won on that field. Western said, no, nah, we're not doing this anymore. New, for, new field, could new they turf. Be, could they be the last team to win on the old field? The first team to win on the new field? Oh, my goodness. With, oh, gosh. I say, I say no, you say yes, but, I mean, we'll, we'll wait till that precious day. I think it's uh, September 18th. Oh, my goodness. All, all the more excited for this now. All right, moving into our week two game of the week. Uh, we're both in unison on this one again. It's Waterloo. It's Laurier. I don't know whether to call this the Battle of Waterloo because, as we were mentioning earlier, there's two matchups with this te- these teams, and I think it's important to designate one of the matchups as Battle of Waterloo. Same way with Ottawa-Carlton. You can't have I think two it's a, I think it's this one. But we're thinking I it think is this so. one. All right, I, I mean, they, they, they've been labeled. We're going to call it We're gonna call it the Battle of Waterloo for this one. Yeah. And if we're, if we're wrong, Wrong. and uh battle so we'll call this battle waterloo week two game of the week both of our uh picks and both of our picks in this game going to waterloo um you know much like in the last time we saw them waterloo being the better team and laurie pulling out the victory in that was it double or triple ot game so obviously these teams play each other tight no matter who you think's better on paper or who's having the better season but uh i mean i i i'll speak for myself and then pass it over to you i think with this waterloo team just there's been so much buildup over this year, over these years, with Trey Ford-led offense, with Bertoya at the helm. Obviously, Ternowski's in the show right now, but they have so many weapons on that offense. You know, Pellerin's gone to the show, things like that. A couple linemen have changed over. But it just feels like this is, I mean, really, if they don't take it home this year, I mean, not, it, not that it'll be for waste because there's been nothing almost nothing more enjoyable than watching this Waterloo team just have the success they've had, even though it hasn't translated to playoff success. They've just been a pleasure to watch. But man, 
it would certainly hurt to not look back on these last five years and say that like yeah trey ford was one of the most singular talents that we've seen in a while but they couldn't get together to win a championship i mean the good news about waterloo is they can't go four and four this year <laughs> that's that's very true that's they very can't true. go three and three but oh, you know they can't go they can't go four and four um yeah i have waterloo winning this one um again these are way too early predictions so if you want to bookmark this and talk shit go for it you guys aren't even in camp yet so i don't want to hear it oh sorry you think the laurier guys are going to bookmark something that you or i said and talk shit about it later (laughs) no the laurier guys are going to come at me at 2 a.m like they did last year um (laughs) i think we love you laurier talk for yourself um (laughs) i think the the biggest thing here and this kind of goes for a lot of teams is i'm i'm less focused on the double recruit class of you know kids coming from high school and more so the double draft class mm. of cfl kids so yeah they lost pellerin and yeah they lost tyler janowski but did they did they lose them they could come back true i mean they could, they could be they could be sent back for you know they might not come back and play but i mean these are going to be these are top athletes say they don't make the the cfl this year they come back they've been in camp for two months they're good to go. They're ready to play. Also, they have Jack Hinsberger coming back. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to get into this now, but like I have Waterloo probably being like my number one team in the OUA this year. Well, they're certainly up there for me. And you raise a really good point that uh, we might actually see just even if even if that offense does take a bit of a step back, let's just say like if, if some of those you bring up a really interesting proposition in the idea that like now looking at two draft classes of guys that like if they don't go back, if they don't go to the show could come back. I mean, let's not even start going down that rabbit hole because like there's a number of names that are super juicy when we start talking about especially that 2019 draft or I guess the 2020 draft as well. Um, but I think let, assuming that those guys don't come back, even if their offense takes a hit, you raise a really great point about Hinsberger and just some of those pieces in that defensive secondary they have that that could be a much improved defense that's been a bit of an Achilles heel for them. Because if we know anything about them, offense has not been held, holding them back. I mean, not to throw it on their defense or anything else, but just no one can say that like any lack of success is due to their offense not performing. So the fact that even if the offense comes down a tick, if that defense is going up overall, they could be a better rounded team and more in tune to have a run out of Yates cup. So let's move to our week three matchup. Uh, once again, in unison on our pick, uh, it's Carlton. It's Ottawa. Are we comfortable calling this one? Panda. 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 So Panda, 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 uh, week three, Panda. Um, hopefully we can get out there, cover this one. That would be pretty stellar. It's, it's, I, I still, it's a shame. I, 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 shame on me I, I haven't gone out to a panda yet but we got carlton we got ottawa um believe we're in unison on the picks on this one too we're both going carlton on the victory uh dakota um what are you liking just at this point looking towards the season taking carlton over ottawa um a couple things here just looking at the schedule and who's playing and who's not playing um there's definitely a high chance that i will be at this game uh no matter what job opportunities come my way in the future <laughs> um yeah, I like Carlton. Um, for me, first of all, one, these are, again, way too early predictions. Two, we haven't seen football in a year and a half. I don't know if, if people are going to come into camp in shape, if people are going to come into camp at all. I, I was out there training some of my kids. I almost forgot how to coach for a little bit there. 
Um, so I don't know. We don't know who's going to do what, but I, I think Carlton's my safe bet on this one. Uh, they still have a pretty strong defense. Um, I think their defense is better than their offense, um, but that could also change this year with the loss of a couple players. Um, my biggest thing, other than the fact that like I made a, a solid couple month brand of, of downplaying the GGs, um, for me, and this could change as of week one, I need to see something more from their offense. Their offense struggled the entire year last year, um, but they have a lot of young guys that are stepping up into that veteran role. Um, and they also have a couple guys moving over uh, from Guelph to come play for them. Um, we could see, you know, with JP in the backfield, could be great. Could also not. It's been a year and a half without ball. We have no idea, but that's going to be the last time I'm going to mention that. Yeah, I got Carlton winning this one. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. Um, and once again, it's one of those things where, you know, the just the, the anything or any given Sunday type of mentality, and especially with these types of uh, really intense matchups. I mean, we go back to the Panda last year, and of course, when we're saying last year, we're still referring to 2019 when we say that, um, where I think we were in unison on Carlton on that one, and uh, Ottawa won it by some miraculous, I shouldn't say miraculous, but some some stellar defensive plays that put up, I think they scored, what, uh, 14 points on defensive touchdowns or something like that in that game, uh, which is hard to predict for. And this, once again, comes down to that the fact of uh, when we look at our kind of QB tiers in the league, and maybe we'll go into that a little bit later, but on just on my list of QBs I trust, I mean, Taron DeYoung's on that list for sure and pretty high up there. Ottawa is is a big question mark, and also on that auto, on that Carlton offense, uh, you know we've seen for the last two years now the the insurgence of Joshua Ferguson underneath Nathan Carter, who I don't know what his status is, but you know assuming Josh is there, a big running back, he can get in the open space, breakaway speed, and uh, you know I think you know they've had some great receivers there. That, that's an offense that uh, that's a team I have. Kind of like with Waterloo, where uh, kind of underperformed with a lot of talent on their team over the last decade or so. That uh, you know, it feels like with this sort of weird season, it could be an opportunity for them to finally take the reins of their Eastern Conference and and make a run. And uh, yeah, nope, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say real quick, uh, just as I've been following along now in week three, we still are seeing a little diversity in the times uh, starts of the game. So to your point, definitely a little bit of improvement in that regard. Yeah, I mean, this game's at 12, which makes me believe it's the Panda because they're trying to discourage people from uh, drinking too early. But joke's on them. You're allowed to start drinking after 11. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think, again, it's 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 a... I say safe pick in the sense not so that much that's guaranteed, but in the sense that I'm more confident with that. Uh, like you said, Tanner, which he'll... Since Clay got his nickname last year, uh, Tanner, I'm sorry, but you're Tanny DJ now. Hey. Um, <laughs> It's a horrible name that I'm going to continue to call you. Um, and yeah, I was hard on Ben Merrick last year. and But he's a young quarterback. He's had a year and a half to get to know the system instead of just kind of being thrown in there. So again, could be completely different. Uh, I could, you know, change up my pick after I watch Ottawa versus Toronto or after I watch Ottawa versus Queens. We'll just kind of have to see how it goes. But for now, yeah, double lock on Carlson. 100%. Uh, so moving to week four, uh, week four, bit of a shortened schedule, a couple teams on by. Um, game of the week I went with in this, a uh, bit of a rivalry from a few years back, Guelph-Queens. Uh, Dakota, were you are you on unison on that one? I'm, or did you are you did you abstain I, I, from taking I, a game of the week on that week? Yeah, I... Was that intentionally left I, blank? 
Intentionally, no. But do I back up the fact that I left this blank with no game of the week? Kind of, yeah. I, I'll, I'll let you speak on your reasoning, but I mean, Toronto Carlton, eh. eh. Guelph Queens, eh. McMaster, Windsor, Windsor. Big eh. All, all, all love to you, but Mac should go in there and, you know, blow him up. And then York, Ottawa. The, a quick note on that Mac Windsor is now that we can look at times as, as perhaps like having a little like insight into it. A 2 p.m. start, which is like, I mean, I guess normally you would have a 1 p.m. start anyways, but I almost wonder if they were going to try and play any chicanery in terms of maybe give the early start in a Windsor game to have McMaster doing the travel and throw them off. But even if they made that game at 9 a.m. in the morning, McMaster should still be like a heavy, heavy favorite in that yeah. game. I mean, if it was at nine in the morning, I don't know. I don't think people are doing. I don't think people are doing overnights. That's the thing. Ooh, okay. I might change up with COVID, but I don't think people are doing overnights. So a two True. p.m. start, four hour drive. Yeah. You know, call it three and a half from Hamilton. Um, it's you know you got to be. We'll say they got to be at the field at eleven thirty. You know, that's a six a.m. wake up call, and yeah, it might be yeah. tough. But with that said, <laughs> yeah, we, we'll talk about Windsor later. Um, I, you know, I went with Guelph Queens in this. Um, you know, as far as this year is concerned, um, it might not be as big a meaningful. Actually, but you know what? In the grand scheme of things, these are two teams that I have perhaps being sort of fringe playoff teams in their respective divisions. So it could be at the end of the day when we look back on how the season played out, the winner of this game can be pretty impactful in terms of one of these teams making it or not making it. Um, although, of course, their head-to-head, I imagine, won't factor into it. But, you know what, overall, not the most exciting week. We'll move on. Week 5, uh, we are in unison for our pick of the week. Toronto-York, are we calling this one Battle of Toronto, Red Blue Bowl? Red Blue Bowl? Or um, what are your thoughts on it? Let It's a 1 p.m. start. This is at Varsity Center. First of all, I didn't know it was called Varsity Center. Yeah, and it was at York last time, so that's... Yeah, this this is this is the Red Blue. Yeah, okay. Because I know they did. it was a night game last time, so I thought maybe the day game was going to throw it off. York-Toronto, I mean, that's a... That's a you know safe pick most years because even when the teams aren't competitive, it's, it can be a fun matchup. There's so much rivalry there. But this year in particular, I know you're bullish on this York Lions team, and for good reason. Uh, I'll give you the first shot at talking about uh, who well, you like in this matchup. Well, well, mainly I want to I want to put you on blast right now. Yeah. I, I'm I'm confused, and we all know that I was the leader of the UFT bandwagon last year. Mm-hmm. Real real proud of that made a lot of great friends both on the field and in the tailgate and but, you picked up your bandwagon and moved it from st george and bloor uh, to keel and, and steel's area i i haven't i haven't moved the bandwagon anywhere bags might be moved around but not the bandwagon we'll talk about that later um my my thing here is york won last time correct yes okay now obviously you know a lot of a lot of recruits going to both schools the high power offense that was your or that was U of T went to York. <laughs> York won the game and then took Toronto's OC, and you're thinking that Toronto is gonna win. I, like I think the biggest struggle for York last year was their offense, and if they can reproduce what Toronto did, yeah, in York, it's a different it's a different team, and I I I, 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 I love the I love the Toronto boys. I mean, at least on the offense, but. Yeah. 
I don't know, like, what have they done on defense other than lose some players? Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, but their one, like, stalwart D, uh, linebacker is now gone from the mix, too. Malcolm Campbell Malcolm on that Campbell. D-line. He's No, an- another guy, too. Uh, uh, Des Moines, was it? But anyways, yeah, Malcolm Campbell gone as well. Um, you know, you make a good point. I mean, you know, I was just going to say, you know, tread lightly in how much you talk about that offense moving. Now, you know, we still got the Bird Gang there. All love to the Bird Gang, you know, um, at UFT. For me, I'll, I'll I'll text them all right now and I'll tell them that I think they're gonna lose. <laughs> for fair, no, fair enough. Uh, you know, for me, it, it comes down to just the, the QB trust and Killer Clay. We know he's still there, and I like some of the options. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, our I will if if I may say our boy. I know he's more your boy than mine, but Nick DeJesus coming into York, um, I'm so excited to see what he's gonna do there. Is it gonna be out of the jump? You know, uh, we have Carney still as a. a you know, a QB there who's been in the system. How's he been improving? So a bit of a question mark. Craney? Craney? Craney. Oh, I said Carney, didn't I? Craney. My apologies. Noah Craney. Um, so a bit of a question mark there. To me, and I'll say it right now, you'll see it on the predictions. I have York going 0-6 this year. I see them being in competitive games. This, to me, is the year where they get on people's radar of like, oh, shit, wait, what was that score when they played when they played? Uh, you know, Carlton, they were, they lost by only five, you know, to me, there could be a lot of like, wait, they almost took out, you know what that I was mean? them last, that was them last year. But I see, but I see this as such a different team now with, as you said, you getting the new OC, getting possibly this new young quarterback to take over. So I think that it's, it, it, it to me, it's, it's, there's so many moving parts with it that it could explode right away the way that you're kind of predicting and they could be good right now. I'm seeing it more as that year that's, you know, oh, we're, we're seeing the makings of like in a four, you know, three, four year run, this team's going to be competitive. I think they have a lot of young talent for sure. And now the coaching to really bring it all together and bring the best out of it to me this year, I see it more as that year that is going to get on people's attention. I mean, you just talked for five minutes, but didn't actually tell me why Toronto is going to beat them. No, no, I started off because it comes down to once again, like there's some at this point with the questions of uh, the number of quarterback questions. I'm going to take the the guy who's been running that offense. Just, you know, even though OC has changed a few times with throwing a, a lot few of- times. I think this is his fourth OC. I think this is his fourth offensive coordinator. Hey, you know that's Clay. All- Clay, if you're listening, man. I'm Thank so you, sorry. Clay. I'm so sorry. You have four different offensive coordinators. Clay, why couldn't you that's, come to Guelph? That's insane. And like, do you are you assuming that there's still going to be a high flying offense, or are they going to go back to what U of T has done, which is let's run out of like double tight? Well, I mean, it would just be so abs- like because the team. If obviously- I see, if I see if I see Will Corby at tight end. I'm turning off the TV, and I'm never watching a UFT yeah. game ever again. Well, I mean, the team is obviously you know thoroughly built to do the things they did. You know, on the offensive side, they have the weapons to run that off. It was a perfect pairing of not only having the system, but then also having these guys where it's like, oh yeah, you know, we have these Rex who can blow the top off. We have a QB who can throw it, you know, 50, 60 yards, and also he can scramble like a madman. So you know, if if I come out into a Toronto uh, training camp practice I'm seeing double tight action well then yeah it's going to change the way I think about this team but assuming that they're using their talent to the best of their abilities even without the coach that made them so spectacular I think there's still potential for talent there we don't need to spend too much unless you have I'll give you a last sort of thought on that sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I mean don't get me wrong I'm not I'm not giving the offensive coordinator you know all the credit there but I'm just you know if it's a brand new system it, it, I don't know it I don't want to say, but yo, UFC's O line was garbage last year. 
And I understand they were young and they were hurt. I get it. I'm not saying the players were bad. I'm saying the unit wasn't great. I don't know if that's even better. And I'm just worried about, you know, if you have plays that aren't designed to, you know, attack certain things, Clay's me in that pocket a little bit longer. You're going to get hit a little bit more. And I just don't like that. I don't, For want, sure. I don't want things to happen. But I mean, we'll, and, yeah, we'll leave it. Yeah. And we definitely saw towards the end of the year, the recipe for success against it was just saying, hey, we're not going to let you throw anything over the top of us or we're going to send pressure and you're going to have two seconds to get the ball out. And so we obviously saw defenses hone in on that and partly why York was able to take him out. So 100%, um, it'll be really interesting to see what goes down in Toronto this year. But let's move on to our next week. Um, games of the week, uh, Western Waterloo. Um, you know, this was incredible. We saw two matchups of this last year, including the playoffs. Um, the first matchup in season being, of course, where we got perhaps the highlight of the last three, four years of OEA action that Trey Ford hurdle midfield. Um, this game is going to be super important in the standings because I'm sure you, like myself, have both these teams towards the top of our Western Conference. Barring, of course, what happens at that quarterback position for Western. But, I mean, really, I don't think there's too, too much we have to say about this. These teams have been incredibly well matched up. Obviously, part of that was Trey versus Merch, and Merch isn't there anymore. But, you know, what makes this game so special for you? I mean, it's a rematch of that fantastic game that was last year, except this time it's in Waterloo. This time. We know we don't know who Western's quarterback is. Yeah. I mean, obviously by by this week, what is this week five now? Yeah, we'll know. Um, and I think what what makes the game even better is that yeah, if these are kind of you know in no order. These are both top three teams for me in that six man conference. Same, yeah. Um, could also be top three teams for me in the entire OUA. <laughs> this this game will have serious playoff implications. You know, what if what if they're both uh, three and one or three? I could, yeah, three and one or three and zero oh going into this, or four and zero. Oh, sorry, you know, this yeah. could be battling for that one or two spot. In and in, in my estimation, is at least the way I'm seeing the that West Conference breakdown. You know, way too early, as we've said a number of times, is so because just for clarification, the way that the playoffs are going to go is just top four from each conference, right? And so the Correct. way that I've seen the West breakdown, how I'm predicting it way too early is that this game could be a pivotal who gets a home game in that first round playoffs between them i kind of have them jockeying in the two three position with mac perhaps as the top seed in that western conference so week five to your point they could both be four it could completely be a situation where whoever wins this it may be the tiebreaker to then give them home field advantage come the playoffs and you know whatever the situation is in terms of uh, fans in the stands, you would certainly hope that by the time we're at that point in the year where we're having playoff games that you'd be allowed to fill in the crowds. And uh, we definitely know both at Warrior Field and at, uh, is it still going to be TD Place? They're not changing the name of the stadium in here, right? It's just the field. Oh, changing. I have absolutely no idea, but I would assume not. Yeah, I, I figure, yeah, I, I guess I should get on now. I'll take a little walk over there. But, um, you know, either it's also, play- it's also not It's also not TD Place. Oh yeah, what um was it Stadium TD Stadium? What was that's the Ottawa place, right? Whatever. Um, anyhow, uh, yeah, that's gonna be an incredible matchup. Uh, let's move on to our last week now. Uh, we got games of the week going Guelph Mac here. Are you in agreement on that one? What's your take on this last week? Of Begrudging, begrudgingly, it's yeah. another one where it's like I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, crowds in Ottawa, amazing. We already called that. Wilfred yeah. Waterloo, amazing. We already called that. 
Toronto York, man, we already call it that. And then Western Windsor, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess Mac Guelph, but I'll just hop on it first that the last time they played, unbelievably unimpressed with Guelph's offensive performance. Um, defensively, they lost AJ Allen to injury. And guess what? Defensively, they lost AJ Allen to Saskatchewan Rough Riders and they lost and Lane, Simikinda, Lane Simikinda to Carlton and then to Saskatchewan. And they lost Tavian Robinson to Old Miss. And Job's they gone. Lost, they lost and... Keegan Schaefer Baker on offense. They lost Dokatevi on defense. Yeah, it's, it's like, on. Guel- Guelph, it's been a year off and I know they, they bust their ass, but they could be bad this year yeah um yeah i i have them pretty pretty low in that west conference and of course as you kind of let off the top that west conference is definitely a little have more heavily stacked than the east and so they might be you know if they were in the east like maybe i would think a little more favorably depending on how that see uh how their schedule would shake down in that situation but uh you know this is a team that is on the list of quarterback question marks and as much as I love Theo I mean he was a big question mark for a lot of his tenure as well so a team that really hasn't been able to figure out that position really since James Roberts was there um and as you said throughout all those years you know whether and I was kind of joking of course when I'm saying Clay why couldn't you have come to Toronto and you know we got we learned the story when we were interviewing Trey that that Guelph was another team he was looking at going to before him and uh, Tyrell went to Waterloo and of course that killed me hearing that can you imagine those Guelph defenses over the years and the weapons they had on offense with Trey or Clay at the quarterback it, it would it would be nuts but as you said that QB position isn't the only question mark for this team now and the defense which has been as I kept, you know, and you can say I have a Guelph bias if you want. I think it was gen- a genuine analysis of the league. If not the top front seven, then a top two for sure. Um, now you're saying it's top two? Yes, finally. Well, hey, I'm just trying to say if it wasn't top one, it was no lower than two. Um, and now that we can't even say that for sure. Because as you went through that whole front seven has been stripped down and losing a guy like Akatepi in the back end as well um, is just is nuts so we'll see what they can pull out uh with this year but i'm i'm not at least in our way too early prediction looking to to um you know thinking they're gonna do anything too spectacular uh we both have mac coming out of this game um in theory the way i've seen uh, the way i'm calling mac season it could be a bit of a you know mac maybe has the one seed locked up maybe the rest of you guys maybe guelph's trying to steal uh or you know steal the game to sneak into fourth it could be one of those situations where just the implications of the game is are so much greater for one team over the other and maybe that leads into it but also Mac's not gonna let Guelph make the playoffs if that's what it comes down to like you know as someone who played in a, in a few Mac Guelph matchups like you know it doesn't have the the, the pomp and circumstance of a, a Western and Mac or a Western Queens Ottawa uh, Carlton all those but that is you know it's right down highway six that is a good rivalry Guelph and Mac so you know as much as I think there's a possibility of the schedule allowing Guelph to win this game I also think that Mac just doesn't have it in their DNA to let to, to sit some guys if they know, even if they don't need the win, if Guelph, by virtue of winning, makes the playoffs, I don't see them doing that. I mean, with a, with a six-game schedule, every win is... I mean, every win's important, period. Yeah. But with even a smaller schedule, like, you know, two two losses go from undefeated to, you know, four and two. Is that not that good of a record? You know, five, five and three last year, you know, could be a three and three team. And yeah, I mean... If you don't make the playoffs, I mean, especially in the East, 
he's got to be not the worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's it's a, it's a little different, and just like you know, quickly looking at it, Guelph could very much not make the playoffs this year. Oh, it's. Yeah. I think oh, I think we're safe. I, I think we're safe to to lock in Waterloo, lock in Mac, and lock in Western yeah. making the playoffs. It's going to be that Laurier Potent, potentially lock out Windsor not making the playoffs. Yeah. No, I think yeah we're in unison on that for sure. Um, so we're not in unison on the East. No, but the East is the East is going to be either either way. Toronto or York is going to make the playoffs. You know what? And that's as that's as great a note to end this way too early prediction show on because that is just. You know, music to my ears. To however this breaks down, and and possibly we get both. I mean, you know, Queens is a team that I like the quarterbacks they have, and they're definitely a team as well that I say with York to watch out for in a few more years. I, I don't actually, I don't see Queens not making the playoffs in this format, but it is it is possible. But nonetheless, we're gonna get a Toronto team in the playoffs this year, and uh, yeah, I never I didn't think about it. You just mentioned it, so that's a beautiful thing, and. Uh, I guess uh, we'll wrap it up on there. Any last notes for the people to put before we sign off? No, that's it. All righty. Well, you'll see our predictions online probably, as I said, before you were hearing us. You'll hear us again next time at the 55.